0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Transform Podcast, a podcast where we break down the process of transformation and we make it simple, easy, achievable, and sometimes even fast. I'm your host, Stephanie Zeller. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today's episode is an important one to me because it is one in which I share probably my most significant shift in how I got there on my personal journey of transformation and self-liberation. Now, talking to new clients or people on social media or just people out in the world, I've noticed that right now there tends to be a lot of overwhelm, some burnout going on, and being on the proverbial emotional roller coaster, like it just seems really common right now. And of course, right? I mean, our world has been through, well, it's been through a lot of changes and we're still going through a lot of changes. And so that can feel crazy and disarming for anyone. I've been thinking about how I've navigated these feelings and emotions myself in the past. And what I have remembered or recalled from, especially, you know, my early, the earlier parts of my journey is that I didn't do it all on my own. I didn't, I didn't figure this out. I didn't go through this all on my own. So my why right now, my sort of mission in life is to help others to hopefully help you overcome these difficulties and get to the other side because there's so much freedom and joy that everyone can have. And here's the thing, I always believed that long before I felt it, meaning long before, you know, it was actualized, it was realized in my life, long before I felt joy and internal freedom, I believed somewhere deep 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 down in my bones that this was possible. You know, and if you've listened to some of my other episodes, you know that about me. And my suspicion is if you're here listening to this, you believe that too. You know there's something more for you. Even though you may not have evidence of it yet or know exactly what it looks like, you know. And I did too. As I've been reflecting on this, you know, I would be remiss to not mention that the truth is I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for other teachers sharing their gifts and their tools and their history, their journeys, and their offerings with me. This is, this is really the truth. I mean, I really wouldn't be. In the last few weeks, something has been brought to my attention intuitively, like, you know, that deep inner knowing has given rise to something. And what that is, is I've been feeling a nudge to talk about my journey in a specific way and the way that I found and created my workshop, my tool, Trigger Free. But it's something that I kept dismissing. Mostly, if I'm being honest, I think mostly I was dismissing it because I didn't want to come off as like salesy. I didn't want to talk about this workshop and have some of you perceive me as salesy. You know, I mean, I was worried about being judged, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, which is funny because I follow so many people, especially podcasts, where they talk about their containers, their workshops all the time, and I actually love it. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that I was sitting here feeling like, well, I don't I don't want to be judged. I don't want people to think I'm trying to sell them something, you know. But this feeling kept coming up to talk about trigger-free. So finally, I did some subconscious exploration and reprogramming on this topic, which you'll learn about here shortly in this episode, how to do reprogramming. But when I did this process of subconscious exploration and reprogramming, I was shown the most amazing thing, which was... It's not about me. It's not about me. None of this is about me. It's actually about you or those of you that these next two episodes will be helping. Just like so many teachers helped me by sharing their journeys and offerings, now it's my turn to do that for you. So in this episode that I'm sharing with you, which has two parts... Here in part 1 I share some personal things about my own journey, how I struggled and the most powerful discovery I made that helped me finally break through. That helped me finally break through to that other side, to that joy that we know is possible for us, but maybe we just don't know how to get there. This is the tool that like helped me break through. And over the course of this journey when I started coaching others, I wanted to use this tool to help others break free too. So I developed my own accessible version for others to use. And this version is called Trigger Free. So in this episode, I talk a bit about this tool so that you can kind of feel into and discern if it's something that you could use currently in your own journey to help you break through. And also in this episode, I dispel misconceptions about triggers and how to use them to set yourself free. And this was huge for me as you'll, as you'll learn in the episode, how to use them to set yourself free. So if you feel like, as you listen, if you feel like this tool is right for you, you can enroll in the show note links. I have a link below in the show notes. You can also just Google Stephanie Zeller trigger free. I had someone tell me once that they didn't know how to access the show notes. (laughs) So I'm just telling you, you know, if you don't want to look at the show notes for some reason, that's going to be the easiest way. But if you don't, you can just Google Stephanie Zeller Trigger Free. And, you know, something else I'm really feeling guided to do is to offer this tool, this self guided workshop for the month of May at 20% off for any of you podcast listeners. So for the month of May, you can sign up with the code TRANSFORM20, which you would just enter at checkout for either one of the payment plan options, and you will get 20% off if you purchase before June 1st. If you already have access to Trigger Free, if you're already a client or you've already enrolled in Trigger Free, and you know of some people that would benefit or you think might benefit or just that you think would like this episode then send this episode to them and they can use that same code if they feel like this is a aligned tool, helpful tool for them at this point in their journey too. I hope you all enjoy this one. Please keep your eyes open for part two, which is coming your way soon. I hope you get some aha moments. You have some personal revelations. And before you dive in, I would encourage you to just right now, release everything you think you know about being triggered and just open to sort of a new definition, a new way of thinking and a new way of using your triggers instead of your triggers using you. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Transform. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for being with me here today. I'm excited for today's episode. Today we're going to talk about triggers. We're going to talk about what it is, some of the common misconceptions of triggers and what you can do to well, to actually permanently remove your triggers, but we're going to talk about some other things too. So first I want to break down why this is a important topic for me. Why Do I care about triggers enough to make this podcast episode about it and to actually make it a big component of my life's work right now in the world? And the reason is, well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt trapped? Like think about a time in your life and maybe even it's now, maybe there's a situation that you're in right now that you feel really trapped in that you feel stuck in that you feel like there's just no way out. Have you ever felt trapped? What does it feel like to feel trapped? Have you ever felt trapped in a extremely intense emotional situation? Maybe it's a relationship with somebody and the emotions can be kind of intense. Maybe it's like a coworker or a manager, or maybe it's a friend or a family member, a parent, a partner dynamic. Yeah, just any relationship that you've been in that can elicit some emotionally charged responses from you or from the person to which you're engaged in, you know, conversation with. And maybe you felt it before this feeling of just being trapped, like in this, like, Ugh, the situation that you just can't escape from. You want to escape from, but you can't escape from. Enter my childhood. When I think back to my childhood, the feeling that comes up is being trapped. And I gotta be honest... That actually took me a long time to discover and then to acknowledge. Because from the outside looking in, you would think my childhood was pretty great. You know, we had money. I was provided with a lot of different opportunities. You know, like I played sports. I danced. I got to learn how to play the piano, um, went to a good school all the things. And so I thought because of that, you know, my parents didn't divorce. I thought I just thought I had a good childhood. And here I am an adult years ago now, and I'm like, something's not right. I don't feel right. I'm not happy every day. I feel like Something in my life is off and I can't figure out what it is. And I went to a therapist and I just felt like I wasn't getting deep enough. Um, that therapist was just specializing in cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. And, uh, you know, after doing CBT for session after session, I was like, yeah, this is just like not this is not getting to the root of my problem. This feels like a little bit more of a band aid than it does uh, going after the root cause. And so I found a different therapist that specialized in Jungian psychoanalysis and EMDR and childhood dynamics and I came to her and I was like hey I'm I feel like I'm not seeing something and we did a bunch of work and I really went in deep 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 into childhood dynamics and the way that I felt in childhood and I discovered that I was miserable in my childhood and there's a lot of reasons for that um you know, I'm not here in this episode to like blame anybody or yeah. But what I will say was that I had a lot of anxiety in childhood and I had a lot of emotions that I didn't know how to process. I didn't know how to feel and it didn't feel safe to me to feel the emotion. So I just kind of stuffed the emotions down. I didn't know I had anxiety because I was a child. And so I just kind of went along with my life in that way. I was anxious and repressing all of my emotions and doing a lot of caretaking of my parents, um, particularly my mom. And when I say caretaking, I mean like it became more important to me how she was feeling than how I was feeling. And I just want to pause on that for a second and just ask you if that resonates, Was there a parent or a sibling that you were tasked to sort of take care of or make sure that they were feeling okay? And when I say tasked, uh, it's unspoken in general. I mean, not always. Sometimes if you're looking after a sibling, you know, a a parent will tell you, you know, look after that sibling. It's your job. This is your job to look after this sibling. But the interesting thing is when we're kids and when we feel – like it's our responsibility to make sure the feelings of someone else in our family are looked after by us, then the feelings of that other person become the most important thing and our feelings become secondary. Or we may even feel like they don't matter. And again, this is a subconscious subliminal thing. I don't believe that any parent or caretaker intentionally does this, but it happens. Okay. And after working with as many clients as I have, let me tell you, it's actually unusual for it not to happen to some, to some degree at the very least. To give you an example of how that might happen is say you do something wrong and it upsets the parent. And then instead of understanding the situation and being able to express how you're feeling in that particular situation and understand maybe what you've done or something, you notice that the parent is feeling bad. And then you, your number one job becomes how to make the parent feel better. Right. So you modify your thoughts, feelings, actions, behaviors to make the parent feel better. Or maybe one of your caretakers had kind of a reverberating energy throughout the household. And when this caretaker was upset or angry, the entire household felt it. And maybe it was your job to help that parent feel better so that there was peace and harmony in the household again. An interesting thing I've learned since then is when we put our feelings aside, our thoughts, our questions, our desires aside, and we look after somebody else. We can then have a feeling of being trapped. Why? Because a part of us actually is trapped. A part of us actually is trapped. Part of us doesn't feel safe to fully express, doesn't feel safe to fully be seen because there are other things that are more pressing. Now that's one layer. Layer number two, if you ever grew up with any type of anxiety, I grew up with an immense, immense amount of anxiety and the anxiety just continued to build until I actually was in a really horrific car accident uh, when I was 14, where my best friend was killed in the car accident and I saw her die. And I developed PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, after that, where my anxiety reached a whole other pinnacle of intensity. And there too, I felt trapped. I felt trapped in my anxiety. I felt trapped because it felt like uh, there were emotions or things I was experiencing internally that I couldn't quite verbalize, but I couldn't seem to break free from. The interesting thing is we all have experiences throughout our lives and especially in our childhood that can be profound and experiences can be classified as profound when they evoke or elicit a charged emotion within us. Maybe the charged emotion is fear maybe it's sadness, maybe it's anger, maybe it's joy, maybe it's elation, ecstasy, happiness. Any experience where we have a charged emotion that accompanies it can be considered a profound experience. And profound experiences get wired in to our subconscious mind and take priority over experiences that are less profound. What do I mean by they take priority? Okay, so our brains are like computers. What you are thinking of in this very moment is whatever is in your working memory. Usually that's seven different sort of categories or topics of things that we can hold within our working memory at one one point in time. So right now you could hold up to seven different sort of ideas or concepts in your mind. But if I were to say bring to mind every single memory from childhood, you would not be able to do that concurrently. That's because our working memory, what we're thinking of at any one point in time, can't hold all of that information. And yet you know that that information exists somewhere within you, correct? Likewise, you know, it's like if you're looking at a computer and you're looking at the computer screen, you only see a certain amount of data or information on the computer screen, but you know that the computer holds all sorts of information that you're not seeing, plus like a whole operating system, et cetera, et cetera what we are consciously thinking of can be thought of as our conscious mind and what we are not thinking of that is running the computer running our behavior thoughts feelings emotions etc is our subconscious mind and our subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of everything that happens to us of our thoughts behaviors actions feelings everything so interestingly if you've ever heard me talk about awakening A lot of times the way that I will define the word awakening is awakening to your subconscious programming, awakening to what is running the program that is you. Let me give you an example of subconscious programming. I use this example all the time. So if you listen to my other episodes, you will have heard this already, but I think it bears repeating. If you received the belief growing up that making money is hard, and the only way to make more money is by putting in more work, effort, and time, then you are going to continue to believe that as you age, because that is what you were shown when you were younger. And if the way that you were shown was through repetition, meaning maybe one of your caretakers was consistently talking about how making money is hard, or how it's hard to keep money, or how, you know, if you want to make more money, then you have to work harder or you saw a caretaker doing that, and you saw it over and over and over and over and over again, which is likely with programming like that, then it got wired in and it's given a greater priority in your subconscious mind. So now as an adult, if you want to make more money, you are going to default to the subconscious programming, which says, well, if I want to make more money, then I have to put in more time, energy, and effort, because that is the only way to make money and making money is hard. Okay. What if making money were easy and instead of putting in more time, energy and effort, you were just you just put in more strategy and you use really strategic ways to grow your money? Oftentimes, we will not even recognize that there are alternative ways of thinking or being or doing We will rely on our experience. Only our experience comes from programming that got programmed in in childhood. So that is an example of money. Let's take a more charged sort of emotional example. Let's say that in childhood, this is just an example. So this isn't something that happened to me, but this is very common. So let's say that in childhood, I got made fun of or bullied by my peers. And I every time I walked into the cafeteria for lunch, no one wanted to sit with me. That is going to be wired into my subconscious mind as a profound event. Because that is going to evoke a very, very strong emotion. How is that going to then influence me? How is that then going to take priority in my subconscious mind and dictate who I have become? Well, now as an adult, if my friend who I've been friends with for a few years, suddenly doesn't call me back. Suddenly won't return my calls, my emails, my texts. And what feels like potentially to me is that they have ghosted me. That is going to trigger my past experiences, that subconscious experience that got wired in in childhood. That I got laughed at in the cafeteria and I am going to most likely immediately assume that my friend no longer likes or respects me and is potentially gossiping about me or making fun of me. Now, is that rooted in reality? Is that really what is happening with my friend? Potentially, but probably unlikely. But where does my emotional response come from? It comes from a past event in childhood. That is being triggered by my current experience. Here's the interesting thing. We walk around as adults and things trigger us. Things trigger us all the time. And we think the thing that is upsetting us is the thing in the present moment. In fact, we are certain that that's what it is. It's not linked to anything. It's just the present moment in time. I am upset because this friend hasn't returned my calls. I am certain of it. But why is that so upsetting? If that were really it, why would that be so deeply disturbing? Couldn't they just be busy? Might they have other things going on? What if they have an emergency? Why, instead of worrying maybe about their safety or wondering if they're okay or, you know, just dropping by... Do you jump right to, they've ghosted me and they hate me? No, there's something dictating that line of thinking. And these lines of thinking, these emotional, strong emotional responses in present day can be so emotionally provoking and overwhelming that we often feel trapped in them. We feel trapped in them. A lot of my childhood and my adulthood I felt trapped. I felt trapped and I didn't know why. I felt trapped that certain things would emotionally provoke me. And here's the thing, I wasn't very reactive. I've never been like super reactive. You know, I don't really like fly off the handle. I in fact had difficulty even crying for for many many years. I think there's great great power to crying and over the last 2 years I've actually taught myself how to cry again or let me say let me revise that. I haven't taught myself. The body knows how to cry. So I have removed the parts of me that were standing in the way of that very, very cathartic experience of crying tears. My point being that I've never been really externally emotionally reactive. However, there were things that would happen to me that would create these like internal feelings in me that I would feel trapped in. It would be like anxiety would come up or Imposter syndrome or lack of confidence or overwhelm, burnout, a feeling of deep dissatisfaction with things going on externally to me in my life. And I could not for the life of me figure out why these difficult feelings were always coming up in me. I thought it was my problem. I thought it was something that was wrong with me because externally to me, a lot of my life was actually going along pretty great. You know, I was being paid well or having good jobs or whatever it may be. And I thought something's wrong with me. So I worked on like gratitude and I, you know, saw a therapist that just did kind of talk therapy about my current situations, you know, and then I saw that CBT therapist and I just couldn't, couldn't get down beneath. I couldn't figure out why I felt so trapped. And then I learned about two key things. Number one, nervous system dysregulation, which we're not going to talk about in this particular episode. And number two, subconscious programming. I learned that there was a whole slew of programming in my subconscious mind that I couldn't see that was dictating how I thought about everything, how I saw the world, the filters through which I was seeing things, and my emotional responses, the way that I felt emotionally. It was all dictated. By subconscious programming. And then I learned that we can change our subconscious programming. Because our subconscious programming is built in with nerves. And with neuroplasticity, we can change our own wiring. And like that, I realized I could be free. So let's talk about the biggest misconception of triggers, which is what I have already a little bit alluded to, which is that triggers are just things that provoke an emotional response in me. And the way to deal with the triggers is to deal with them externally, like change the situation, stop being around the person that's triggering me or try and get the person that's triggering me to stop triggering me, try and get them to see how they're treating me incorrectly. Using that example of that friend, when I finally speak to that friend, I say, this is unacceptable. You should be checking in with me. You should be responding to me. What am I doing there? I'm trying to avoid being triggered again. But the interesting thing is when we try and change things external to us, what happens is we are giving all of our power over the situation away to the other person or the external situation In the example with that friend, I'm saying, I will not feel okay unless you do X, Y, or Z. Then what happens? I have no control. My feelings are now in the hands of this other person. And guess what that makes me feel? It makes me feel trapped. It makes me feel powerless. It makes me feel out of control. It makes me feel nervous and defensive because I'm afraid that they might do it again. And then it's going to provoke the same feelings and situation. This is the biggest misconception of triggers, is that we have no control over what is triggering us, and we have no control over how to move through them, except for by changing our external situation or by totally avoiding situations that we do find triggering. And when we avoid situations that we find triggering, we decrease our experience of living. And again, we're giving our power away. We're giving our ability to thrive and live to our full capacity away. That is what most people think is happening when we're triggered and how to respond to them. But with my discovery of subconscious programming and being able to reprogram the subconscious mind, what I discovered was that when we are triggered, what's actually happening is past profound emotional experiences are being Triggered. They are being called forth in our mind, and then our subconscious mind is dictating to us how we should feel and what we should do in response to them based on our past experience. So let's take the same example. If I am triggered in the cafeteria, If I felt sadness and loneliness and discontent and fear and abandonment in the cafeteria when I was younger because of the way I was bullied and no one would be friends with me, then now as an adult, when my adult friend sort of ghosts me or isn't responding to me and I'm assuming that they're ghosting me, my subconscious mind is going to send a flurry of emotions because there is a similarity between that past event and my present one. And it's going to say, danger, danger. You have to revise and solve the situation so that you don't feel these things. And I'm going to be filled with panic and I'm going to reach out to them all in an effort to not feel those horrific feelings that I felt previously that are still existing in my subconscious mind. Every trigger that you experience in your life is connected to something. But here's the problem. It is so hard to really identify what it is that is being triggered, the memory that's being triggered. Because in our conscious waking state, we don't have access to our subconscious mind. So even if you sort of think, oh, okay, I'm triggered right now, what could this possibly be linked to? Chances are, in general, you're not going to be able to clearly find it. And even if you did, just identifying the memory does nothing to change the programming. But there are ways to reprogram the subconscious mind. Now, a couple of the ways out in the world to just in general reprogram the subconscious mind is something like EMDR or hypnotherapy. These are specific techniques that will help a practitioner that's sitting with you gain access to your subconscious mind and help you reprogram something. However, these methods don't don't necessarily help you identify okay this is the current trigger what is the memory that is tied to this it's it's difficult to identify that memory that is linked you know here's the thing i worked with a lot of different practitioners a lot of different therapists experienced a lot of different therapeutic modalities and then i myself took trainings in hypnotherapy and a couple other different modalities and i started working with different protocols with my clients to help them identify what is the memory right now that is being triggered by your current situation. And then I led them on a subconscious process to reprogram it. When you reprogram the thing that is triggering you, what you're doing is you are removing the very extreme difficult emotion that is linked with the memory from your subconscious mind. And you are replacing it, in my case, this is what I was doing, I was replacing it with an extremely empowering feeling. It is literally just like recoding the computer program. And instead of the computer program now running on fear and anxiety and feelings of being trapped and isolation and loneliness and sadness and dissatisfaction, they are being run on your most authentic self, creativity, empowerment, the bright light that is you shining through. If we take the same example, and let's say that the cafeteria and potentially other memories of being bullied in childhood were all reprogrammed. Now that those charged emotions are no longer associated with those memories, what's going to happen is if a friend isn't reaching out to me, my mind will not automatically connect with those charged past feeling states and situations. Now, there's freedom for my mind to think differently, automatically. Meaning that I don't have to coerce myself. Have you ever been triggered and you're trying to like convince yourself to not be triggered? It doesn't work, does it? (laughs) That's because it's running off of a computer program. It's like you're trying to change. You're trying to change the way the computer is running by just changing the screensaver. Well, that's not going to change anything because you have to actually go into the coding, right? Same thing with being triggered. Only if you change the way that it's coded, next time I'm triggered, it's not going to go to that same old programming. And now I'm going to feel freedom. I'm going to feel fucking freedom. Because now I can have the same experience and I won't be triggered, y'all. Can you imagine that for a second? We can do this with any trigger. We can reprogram the subconscious mind. Okay. So, I worked on this protocol to help people reprogram and break free from that feeling of being trapped, break free from the emotional roller coaster, from imposter syndrome, from beliefs that didn't serve them, from things that were making them feel small, from past pains and hurts, from being triggered at work or at home or by their partner or by their family or by their friends. And over time, after a couple of years of doing this, I really perfected this technique. And I found that, you know, it worked like 99.9% of the time. The thing was, was that, you know, I was like, wow, oh man, I have this passion for helping people feel free from being trapped because I felt trapped my entire childhood and the majority of my adulthood. And then I started using this same protocol on myself, on me along with some of the other things I was doing in therapy, like EMDR, to really target, you know, EMDR works when you know what the memory is, when you can clearly articulate a memory. So EMDR is really great, for example, for big T traumas, and big T traumas are traumas that caused PTSD. So if you have an experience in your past that was extremely traumatic, EMDR is great for that. And by the way, EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Okay. Reprocessing because what you're doing is you're going back to that memory and you're reprocessing it, meaning you're processing the difficult emotion out of it. So you can still recall the memory. You're just removing the charged emotion. And then that changes the way the computer program runs. So if you have a really big trauma or a history of a lot of big T traumas or big traumas in your past, EMDR can be great because if you can remember the memory and you know that that is the memory that is triggering you, then you can take that to an EMDR therapist. So I was doing a bunch of EMDR because I had a whole host of memories that I wanted to reprogram and not be linked to my current lifestyle, not be driving my subconscious behaviors and feelings. And I wanted to feel free from them. And I'm telling you, you do this process once, whether it's through my process, which is the trigger-free five-step process, or you do it through EMDR, you will feel the difference. You feel the freedom right afterwards. It is crazy. So I was doing tons of EMDR. I probably had, oh my gosh, over 50 EMDR sessions. And then I recorded my own process. So after I perfected this protocol, I recorded it and created what is now the five-step process. And I started using this process myself. And I've now used it, I don't know, over a hundred times, probably. And the thing is, is that every time I use it, I become more and more free. I feel more free. I am less triggerable. I am becoming trigger free, more and more trigger free every time I do this. And you can do this process for anything that triggers you, like literally anything you can take this through the five-step process. Okay, so let's talk for a second about what this five-step process is and what my protocol was. The reason I put this out as I was starting to get to a moment ago is because it was costing a lot of money for people to schedule with me and do this process over and over. I mean, it is expensive to get reprogramming no matter if you get it from like an EMDR therapist or whoever is helping you with this subconscious reprogramming it can be really expensive. And I wanted to offer this to a larger scale of people because it was also kind of a fatiguing process for me to help so many people reprogram. So I recorded and put it into this really tight five step process to reprogram any trigger and to free you from anything that's triggering you. And I made this into my workshop trigger free. Now, within the five steps, there is a couple different audio recordings that will take you through this entire process. And there are certain techniques that will get you into a very calm state and help you get access to your subconscious mind within the recordings. Almost everyone that has ever gone through this process has told me that the process has been extremely calming for them and so enlightening because More often than not, the memory that comes up is not one that you would have expected. And then by the time this recording is done, you're free from it. You feel better. And you've stepped into your power. That's the thing, right? So if you have that childhood history of anything similar to what I was explaining earlier, where maybe you didn't have time or space to really process what you were feeling or to own your desires or to identify what it was that you wanted. This process gives you that space and a strategic method to do it. Okay, so here are the things that I've noticed in myself when I use this process and in clients that have used this process. First and foremost, it's freedom. I mean, I asked probably a dozen, at least clients that went through this. And I said, if you had to describe the way you felt in one word, after using trigger free, and almost every single one of them said free, free or freedom. And it's a freedom that often, like many of us haven't even tasted before, and we didn't even know was possible. It's almost like inconceivable until you've tried it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is confidence. Because When you don't feel controlled anymore by a subconscious programming, by like your emotional responses or this feeling of being trapped, maybe you're not emotionally reactive externally, but internally things feel really bad. And that feels like it's somehow taking your power away. It's taking away your sense of control. And when you don't feel like you have control over the way that you're feeling or acting or thinking or behaving, then that takes away your confidence because it almost feels like you can't trust yourself. And at the root of confidence is the ability to trust and support, support yourself. And I'm going to probably do a whole episode on confidence because I've just learned so much about what real, true, deep, sincere, and easy sustaining confidence is over the last two to three years. Real confidence is not something that can be lost. And the thing is, is that with every trigger that you reprogram, you increase your confidence by just that much. Because you're free from that programming controlling you. And now you get to choose how you respond. Number three, the thing that I've seen the most, is an increase in joy and lightness of being. Because when you're not bogged down by feeling trapped, by feeling all these like emotional feelings, by feeling confused as to why you're feeling a certain way, What emerges is an ease, a flow, an ease, a lightness of being. And the fourth thing that I've noticed is an increase of what I might call a person's most authentic self and the gifts that they have and they bring to the world. And as a result, there's an increase in abundance and prosperity and thriving and life just like lived out loud. So what do I mean by this? We all have deeply authentic, innate gifts and talents. They're in every single one of us. And if you've listened to some of my past episodes, I talk about this a lot. But what happens is that certain things get programmed in. We have certain experiences that are really emotionally challenging and they get wired in and we have certain experiences in our childhood, in our teen years, in our early 20s that teach us it's maybe not safe to be our full authentic self, to express our gifts, to name our desires. And so we hide them away. We don't know that we do this. This is a fully unconscious process, but we hide them away. And then we become disconnected from them. And we don't even know that they're there. Don't even know that they're there. And we become like, almost like you could call us walking onions. We have our most authentic, powerful, confident, magnetic, electric, creative, deeply beautiful and abundant selves on the inside of the onion. And then we have a bunch of shells of programming of things that we've been told that we should do that we have to do. And we end up sort of living from the outside of the onion, because we don't know that there's anything beneath We don't know that we can shed these layers. And then when we use certain processes and techniques, namely the ones that I've discovered that have worked for the majority of people and what is emerging right now in the spheres of mental health and wellness is a reprogramming of the subconscious mind and a essentially rewiring of the nervous system, both nerves, they're both modulated by nerves. So we can change both with neuroplasticity and the new science When we change these things, what happens is that the outside layers of this onion start falling off and what was already within us starts to emerge. We have our confidence back. We have our power. We have our freedom. We have our lightness of being. We have our joy. We have our satisfaction. And then whatever we want to create in the world becomes so much more possible because there's not so much blocking us anymore. So why am I telling you guys this? Well, first of all, because, you know, this is my podcast and a lot of my podcast is about me telling you guys what my journey has been like, what I have done, what I've used to break free. And I want to give you guys a map. I want to show you guys the way if you are ready to break free too. Now, is this the only way? No, there are some other ways. You can find some therapists that specialize in subconscious reprogramming. Yeah, there, there are some other ways, but my protocol helps you find the root cause relatively quickly with this five step protocol and then change it and you walk away empowered. So the five step protocol is something that can be repeated time and time and time and time again. Okay. And it's available to you. I just really wanted to make an episode to explain what it is so that if you feel in any way trapped, Or the next time you get triggered, you feel like I'm tired of being triggered by the same thing. Or if you feel like you have something more to give internally, or if you feel like you have imposter syndrome and you want to have more confidence, if you know that there are some things in your past that you want to break free from, this will work for you. You guys, the biggest mistake that I see people making is they think that because they've learned about something that they're changing. And, you know, knowledge is power. But it's only power if it's applied. Just learning about something does not rewire your thinking. And what I am here to do right now in the world is to share tools like this with you to help serve you and provide a means to rapidly accelerate a deeply transformative journey to help you break free quickly. Yeah, this process really it really freed me from that trapped feeling. And now so much of my life and my programs, including my masterminds, are really designed to help people break free and connect with their innate gifts and be a fucking force in the world. Because you are powerful. If you're listening to this podcast, I mean, everybody's powerful, but especially you. (laughs) The kinds of people that listen to this podcast, you guys, because I end up working with a lot of you, powerful fucking beings. Do not underestimate your power. If you don't feel powerful right now, it is not because it is not there. It is just because there is something blocking it from emerging from within you. And it is time. It is time to break free.